There we go. We are back again for episode 88, Salim, of Friday Night Counterattack. We are doing quite well this season in terms of getting the content out consistently, like we always do, which is great. And I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts after coming straight back from Florida and seeing Aston Villa have another bad week in the Premier League after losing to Arsenal as well, obviously losing to West Ham recently, which is quite sad. But before we get into any football topics, Alan, how was your trip away to Florida? How was your time away from the UK? And how are you feeling? Yeah, it was it was all right, to be honest. Um, it seemed like quite a while. I was gone two weeks and it felt like pretty much a month. Hmm. Um, I, I watched all the Villa games there as well as all the other Prem games. But the weird thing is, obviously, with the time difference, the games would be like five hours earlier. So you'd be waking up and, you know, matches on at like nine o'clock or something or like the United game the half 12 one was on at half seven but I mean I found that pretty strange uh, to be honest but yeah I mean the last time we spoke it was I think it was on Tuesday yesterday I've obviously got no track of time at the moment I'm still jet lagged but yeah we spoke at the airport I was quite scruffy looking and tired I'm still tired to be honest but yeah I mean that was before the game the Arsenal game which didn't didn't go well for us and it just doesn't look like we're a coherent team and it doesn't look like it's improving anytime soon. Personally, I think Gerard's probably got a game, maybe two games left to save his job now. Um, obviously, where we've got deadline day going, it's seven o'clock now. We've got about, what is it, four hours to go? Yeah, yeah 11, think... 11 o'clock deadline. And surprisingly, there's, two, there's a game on tonight, Man United versus Leicester. And you'd be thinking that... Some of these plays are surprisingly still in the squad, i.e. Ronaldo, Tillemans as well. Fafana moved yesterday to Chelsea at the time of speaking. So goes to, goes to show that there's still so much to be done in the window. And it's quite sad to see some teams actually playing. But if Man United have got their business done, it's absolutely fine. And fair play to Leicester if they've done it as well, because they've had a, an awful window. But um, back to Aston Villa, Salem, like, what, what are your kind of thoughts now in, in terms of Steven Gerrard? Because at the start of the season, you were quite optimistic. You were quite happy with the signings that you made as well. And even in the summer, I was quite happy with some of the signings, but I also mentioned um, on things on WhatsApp as well, um, as opposed to here, having Diego Carlos injured is a big, big factor for, for you guys as well, at Aston Villa as well. Did, I, I still think you need another centre-back, especially because Diego Carlos is injured as well, and you can't rely on Mings and Conser over the season, but where where can you strengthen within these last couple of hours, Salary? especially with Douglas Louise kind of looking at leaving for Arsenal as well? Yeah, I mean... Um... You know, it's deadline day, obviously, like we mentioned. And I think Jan Bednarek looks like one that's going to happen. And Dendonk is another one. I think Dendonk is quite an underrated signing. And, you know, I think he's something that we do need in that squad. But again, like, you know, the Carlos thing, the injury is unfortunate. You know, that, that that's just football. But we should have the depth to cover it. So I feel like, you know, just saying, oh, because Carlos, like, you know, if Gerard was to turn around and say, just because Carlos injured, you know, the season derailed, it, it shouldn't, shouldn't go like that. We should have enough enough depth you know Chambers isn't too bad Conser's not been at his best but I think Mings has been looking good so yeah we, we could do with another centre-back um, to be fair but yeah I mean we, we just don't look like a team at all like it's so disjointed we we can't attack we can't defend it's, it's becoming quite toxic as well uh, I think that's four defeats in five now and it, it it's gonna you know we've got Man City and you know you're expecting Haaland to probably bag like a double hat-trick or something against this yeah, Saturday, I think you're playing uh, Man City as well. So that's going to be a, a crazy game at home as well because it's going to be a, an odd environment as well because if Man City end up trouncing Aston Villa, which it could be likely, 
it could be another Bournemouth situation as well, where it could actually force the board to take drastic action straight away and to have a look at getting rid of Steven Gerrard as well. And not really many people have been speaking about how Steven Gerrard has been doing that bad in, in the media. I mean, we've been speaking our case as well, because obviously you're passionate about how well Dean Smith has done previously in the past um, for Aston Villa and how, you got, how he got the culture right, how he got the team right, how he got the playing style right to an extent as well. And he just wasn't given enough time in that, in that last season before Gerrard came in. How much more time does Gerrard have at Aston Villa, Salim? Yeah, I mean, like, I just uh, following up on that point, you mentioned that I was optimistic at the start of the season. And, you know, I, I truly was optimistic. Um, I wanted it to work out for Gerrard. When he came in, he showed, like, some positive signs. I remember the game we lost against Man City 2-1 and we played really well that day and a couple of other games. But it's just not looked the same since Beale left. Um, in terms of uh, Douglas Louise, again, that's, you know, it's quite sad to be reading that he's looking to move on. I thought, He's got a lot of potential. He's been played in the wrong position for sort of ever since he's been at Villa. And whenever he's played in his correct box-to-box role, he's, he's done quite well. So with Kamara, this should have obviously been different. But yeah, I mean, it's it's sad to see what is happening at the club. And I'm honestly, just just no idea what happens next. You know, I'm just lost for words. Yeah, I'm quite surprised with how Aston Villa have kind of done so far this season as well. Because at the beginning of the season, when we were predicting how well they would do, we were thinking of like a top half finish and you were predicting them for Europe as well, Salem. So what can we kind of expect now for the rest of the season? Do you reckon uh, Steven Gerrard has it in him to actually change? Because we've also mentioned how critical Michael Beale was. The assistant coaches, Garen McAllister and the rest of the staff that you've got there as well, clearly haven't shown much fight or much tenacity in terms of trying to help Steven Gerrard. And it's, it's quite I mean, worrying how in the media there's not much... Um, there's, there's, no, there's more worrying the fans than there is in the media as well because it kind of shows yeah. that Aston Villa are doing okay and they're at their kind of stage where they're at but Aston Villa fans as I definitely know they always want to be a bit more ambitious with their club they want to work on year and year from what they've actually done so I can imagine that you're kind of looking at this team thinking you've got the capacity there you've got the players there you can kind of switch it around every now and then you showed some fight yesterday against um, Arsenal but Arsenal were just in the form of their life so far as well so can we expect more yeah. from Aston Villa under Steven Gerrard? I mean, just a few points in terms of assistant manager. We got Neil Critchley in from um, Blackpool, a team that he got promoted as manager and he decided to come in as, you know, assistant. So we, we did have that pull. And um, in terms of the rest of the season, if Gerard stays, then I feel like we'll probably just, you know, we'll be in a relegation battle probably and we'll have to try and stay up. But then the, the problem is at the end of the season, a lot of our like better players will just want to leave, you know, understandably. Um, I feel like, like I said, that we're just about early enough in the season that if we were to make a change now, the new manager has enough time because a new manager is just going to come in if it's too late and then it's just going to be the same old story of, oh, I need a pre-season to get, you know, like how how we, how we I wanted to give Gerard, like and a lot of the fans wanted to give him that time and that pre-season. It's just going to be the same cycle again and we're just going to be a club that's forever at the starting phase of this sort of transition. Um, in terms of Dean Smith, that's correct. He did. He did understand the culture, and he was sort of harshly uh, like sacked. And if if Jared loses the game, uh, the next game he's probably got the worst record of any uh, Villa manager. So yeah, it is extremely worrying signs, and we should be way up that table. We've got a squad that should be competing for you know top eight minimum, and that's like you know if we could hit some decent form, then uh, you know there's there's no reason why top six is out of our grasp. And that's something that I think we're probably realistically going to have to wait until 
another two, three seasons as well because the quality in the Premier League, as we've seen this season, has just improved year in, year out. And it's you're kind of looking at it quite early and you're thinking it's quite hard to kind of get back into some of these positions as well because all the games are coming a lot quicker than they normally do, Salam, because of the um, because of the World Cup as well in, in December, in November as well. So you're going to have earlier games with the Champions League as well, like we said, off-air. Um, you're going to have more rotations in your squad as well, potentially more injuries. So having the five subs is a good thing as well. But it's going to be quite worrying to kind of see how Aston Villa kind of do until November because we've said it previously as well on this podcast, it could be a tale of two seasons. It could be a, a time where you kind of just have to... Steven Gerrard probably has to survive until November. And then when the World Cup comes along and he knows what players he's still got to kind of not go to the World Cup, he can work on building his tactics. He can work on solidifying his team as well. And as you kind of know as well, that defence is kind of shoddy at this moment in time as well. The way um, you're getting dispossessed in possession yesterday, Luca Dini, especially Tyron Mings as well, um, against a press, a press team like Arsenal as well, a pressing team like Arsenal. Can you kind of see Steven Gerrard surviving before the World Cup happens in November? Personally, I can't. I feel like, you know, I still, I've still mentioned before and I'm mentioning it again, you know, I'm still backing Christian Perslow. Um, I still think he's the right man up mm. there. And um, I, I think, uh, I, I don't think Stephen, I don't think Stevie G deserves deserves to be in the job by the time the World Cup comes around. I feel like, you know, sort of, um, we should, I think, I, I reckon the board should be, well, hopefully are talking to, you know, some potential candidates like, you know, as we speak right now and, after the Man City game, if we just part company with 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 Gerard, and then you know we go for the person to take us forward into that into the next step, uh, you know, as part of this journey, that the, the owners are, are you know highly ambitious. They've you know bankrolled the club. They've invested huge amounts of money. There's talk of the stadium stadium investment now uh, investment in the stadium. Sorry, uh, with sort of initial plans drawn up as well. So you know they 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 said from day one that they want Champions League football, they want Villa to be competing for the title, and you know we've we've come a long way from when they've come in, you know, into the club. So I mean, in terms of the traje- trajectory generally, it's been upwards, but you know there was always going to be bumps in the way. It wasn't going to be plain sailing, but I feel like you know the board have made the right decision a number of times, and you know back them to do the same again, and hopefully we can get past this sort of speed bump in the road and continue towards success. This is crazy. It's absolutely crazy for me because I'm just kind of looking at it thinking there are some managers there who have clear styles of identity to play as well. I know you've been a big fan of Graham Potter like we both have over the last couple of years of doing this podcast as well. You mentioned Mauricio Pochettino, but is there any other manager you can realistically look at and think, you know what, if Gerard doesn't last the next two, three games, I think you've got Southampton, Man City, and I think you've got another game in between that as well. I think it's I think it's Man City, Southampton. I think Man City, Leicester, Southampton. So potentially yeah. Brendan Rodgers would be another one. That I'd imagine if that happens, Sal. Imagine if, it, for example, if Man United beat Leicester tonight and Leicester aren't doing too well, and then Leicester sack Brendan Rodgers, and then Brendan Rodgers ends up replacing Steven Gerrard, his former captain at Liverpool. That would be quite funny, actually. And even with yeah. Steven Gerrard as well, he would not take that very well. He wouldn't take that at all. Yeah, no, that could happen. You know, we've only won three in, was it, 16 now or something like that? And the three teams we beat were Everton, Burnley and Norwich, two of which mm. are relegated anyway. So, so yeah, um, 
No, it's. I think it's finished. I think it's becoming quite toxic. There's a disconnect between the fans and the sort of the players. Uh, well, more the manager. Um, it's becoming like the sort of uh, like the Randy Lerner days that I do remember. The end of you know, there's talk of Gerard not even applauding the away fans. The one thing that you know Villa are known to do is go over and you know applaud that amazing away support we have. And um, he did make a point when he joined that he used to, he made every player make sure they went and applauded the away support. And now he's sort of hypocritical towards that. So, um, yeah, let's, it's, you know, it's a, it's a quite a challenging time for us as fans and players and everyone connected to the club, but I'm sure we'll get through it. And hopefully if we can get the right man in, then there's no reason why we can't push for that top eight, even that top six towards the end of the season. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's there's always time to fight in this in this title race, in this top four race, in this Europa Conference League race as well, which is what a lot of teams are kind of going for as well. So optimism has to be there because we're only five games into the season as well. And like you said, yeah. Man City up next, Southampton soon, Leicester soon as well. Leicester versus Aston Villa could be El Sacico in a way, which is going to be quite crazy to see. Yeah, potentially. Because I think Leicester are 20th and you're 19th in the league. So it's like the bottom two at the time of speaking. So that could be a, a busy few weeks ahead, which will be quite crazy. But yeah, nicely done in terms of your honest opinion on Aston Villa. So that will be uh, refreshing to hear and see what happens with that. So I just need to kind of know from you, because we are at deadline day and we have seen so many different transfers go through in and out of the Premier League as well. Talk to me about two or three that you personally find curious that's happened this this transfer window. It could be something random from Willian coming back to the Premier League in Fulham. Daniel James going to Fulham as well for some reason on loan. Um, Zachariah from um, Zachariah from yeah, Juventus he, has gone to Chelsea. So what have you kind of noticed this, this transfer window that you thought was a crazy signing? I mean, there was a one about the lad that was meant to join Leeds. I forgot his name and he's ended up not boarding the plane and gone to Nice or something. Who was that? And it was just happening today. I think it was a Marseille player. I can't remember. Um, and then there was the, the other transfer was. Um, oh, was it Bamba right? Dieng? That's it. That's yeah, Bamba Dieng. Oh, no. Yeah, because he, he sort of agreed terms. Um, I think the clubs agreed terms and then sort of U turn. And then the, the other interesting one, I can't even remember the name for the life of me. I've just been checking so many transfer rumours. Um, it was it was a lad from the Dutch league who sort of. I think he, he 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 was flying to sign for a new club, and then mm. I think mid-flight or something, they told him like that they don't want to sign him anymore, or something like that. Or when he arrived at the airport, I honestly can't even remember. But yeah, I'd say in terms of interesting signings, um, the one today that I saw that was quite a quite a shock. Um, I'm trying to think now. Aubameyang was one. Zachariah was one. Yeah, and Aubameyang, I think he I think he'll he'll do quite well for Chelsea, actually. Yes, I'd say probably that the, those two were quite um quite surprising ones. But yeah, to be honest, I just want I just want us to finish our business. I know we've got I think apparently three in the pipeline. Mm. And I just want I just want it finished. As much as I love the transfer window, it's, it's got to that point where you know I just want it to close. I want Douglas Luis to just sign a new deal, hopefully. And yeah. Gerard wasn't quite he wasn't convinced really in, in that press conference. He was like, I've no control over Douglas Louise's future. I mean, you're like, you're the manager, for goodness sake. You can put your stop to it now if you wanted to. So it kind of showed his hand that he's not really keen on keeping Douglas Louise in a way. And just kind of wanted to kind of move on without him, which is quite crazy to see. Because I think they rejected a £23 million bid from Arsenal. So 
That would have been a yeah, good Yeah, so, so that's the annoying thing. Like, he's had a year left on his deal. He's not signed a new one. And sort of this window, I think towards the start of um, August, we, we sort of agreed a three-year deal with Douglas hmm. uh, Luis. And um, we're just waiting for him to sign it, pretty much. You know, everything was agreed. Terms were all agreed. It was just sort of ink on the dotted line situation. And something's obviously happened whereby I think he's probably fallen out with Gerard because he just doesn't rate him for some reason, it, even though he's, you know, he's should be, he should be starting every week. And now there's been massive U-turn where he just wants to sign for someone else. Um, so, so that's, you know, really disappointing, a player that we've developed at the club and someone that I see as part of the future. You know, he's quite a young player as well. So, yeah, it's quite sad. you can build around as well. So it goes to show that there's so much you can kind of do with it, with Douglas Luiz and that midfield. Him, Kamara, yeah. McGinn. And you know what I mean? Like really the, the sort of clubs that have come in for him, Atletico Madrid being one, Liverpool being one, Arsenal being one amongst, I think, AC Milan too. So, you know, there's clearly something there for all these clubs to be chasing. But I really, really hope he just signs that new deal. You know, Gerard wasn't convinced. You know, he was saying he doesn't sort of know what's going on. So it's it's not being promising. Yeah, it's true. It's quite sad to kind of see how that's happened as well. But no, there'll be a couple more rumours about the transfer deadline day before we wrap up as well. So we're going to kind of see how that goes. Um, going forward there was a Q&A that we had as well on our Instagram so we are going to finish off as part of the segment um, in terms of what we've got we'll answer a few of them so we're going to kind of see how it kind of goes um, first one we've got here is when should Eric Ten Hag walk away from the job regarding Man United and I think he's not going to walk away anytime soon we've spoken about this already stick out with it you'll be absolutely fine and he's kind of getting the players he really wanted which is really good to see Um don't think there's really anything to add to that. One uh, has come through. Um, top five Wonder Kids signings this summer. Okay. Who could we kind of go through that's been like a good Wonder Kid signing? There haven't been many uh, Wonder Kids in my mind. Yeah, technically, all... Harlan. Harlan's still a Wonder Kid, maybe. I don't know. Chuck Quebec is not a Wonder Kid. He's just a kid. So, yeah. Um... Harlan's technically a kid. You're right. 21, 22. Aaron Hickey from Bologna. Um, so, Brighton. That was a good one as well. I'm not sure to be honest. I'll have to, I'll have to do some research on that one. Wesley Fafana, but then let's Fafana. To... Fafana was a good signing, actually. Really good signing. Second most expensive midf- uh, defender in history. Again, Leicester are doing well with their sales, which is really good. Um, actually, you know what? We'll change this question actually because someone said Wonder Kids. Straight up, Salim. What's been your top five summer signings for you this season in the Premier League? Ooh. So it doesn't have to be Fafana, the best. Fafana, like... Fafana would be one. He's mm. definitely up there. Um, then I think Martinez for United you know he's he's looked quite good uh, he was sort of written off before he even joined which is quite strange they were um, high to Salim they were they were abusing yeah. him because of his height it made no sense to me whatsoever just turned yeah, up against so there was that turned up against and ha- Haaland Haaland's obviously won you know he can't even, he can't even Haaland's probably that. the one Haaland or Jesus are probably the what the top ones to go for they would have been extraordinary this season Fantastic to watch them. Oh, I was going to say, in terms of random, I'd probably say Marcelo to Leicester or Bayern to Barca. Yet? I think it's happening. Uh, obviously, don't quote me. But yeah, let me get back to the the, the good ones. Um, Bellerin finally leaving Arsenal as well, officially. That's, I think that's Jesus, Jesus definitely mm. has been a top signing. You know Man City signed a Kanji. I think a Kanji is actually a very good signing. 15 million. Yeah, he's like some crazy mathematician though, isn't he? Like He's faster than a calculator or something. Yeah, they, they did that in their like promo videos as well. Yeah, really yeah. To see. Really, really crazy. 
But yeah, what, what about yourself? Who would you put there? Um, one sign I put down, I put down, well, first of all, one of my favourite signings of the summer has been Christian Eriksen. I've absolutely adored seeing him in a Man United shirt. So I've always been a big fan of him at Tottenham and in, mm. Inter Milan and for Denmark. He's been a fantastic player to watch, which has been really good. I personally think Nottingham Forest have wasted all the money they have. I think they've been awful. I think their best player they kind of got was Nia Kite from Mainz, but he's not one of the top signings. And Omar Richards as well was a good signing, but they've overspent. They haven't spent properly. Lodi on a loan deal is quite refreshing, but besides that, no one's really stood up. One player I'm really impressed with so far is Bella Kochap from Southampton, the centre-back. I know, I know you will know about him from Football Manager as well, Sam, because he is a football manager icon, basically, in terms of being one of those top young prospects from uh, the Bundesliga. I think he's a French international anyway. But he's had a really good start to the Premier League. He kind of did really well against Manchester United. He did it excellent against Chelsea uh, on Tuesday, I think, when they played, which is really good. So Bella Kotchap's in there. Christian Eriksen's in there for me as well. One player who I want to see a bit more from in terms of um, how well they can do, I don't think he's really had his chance yet, is Gianluca Scamacca for West Ham United, their striker. Yeah. He's someone that I really want to kind of see and kind of want to um, understand how we will settle into the Premier League as well. Lucas Paqueta, I'd like to see more from him, but um, yeah, he, he's, he's he's somebody that I'm sort of excited to see. Paqueta, Paqueta's exciting, and Mateus Nunes for Wolverhampton Wanderers, again another football manager type of signing, done really well at Sporting Lisbon. Him and Paulina have left Sporting Lisbon in the same window. That was their first choice centre mid last season as well, and they've got like I think sixty million for the two of them, which is crazy business from Sporting Lisbon as well. So it's really good to kind of see how that's kind of worked for them. And obviously, like you mentioned, the ones earlier, Haaland, Jesus, they were really good signings as well. Um, I'll, put, I'll throw Paulina in there because I think it's been fantastic to kind of see how it's done. And probably one more. I, this is more on a whim more than anything. I think I'm going to go for, I'm going for centre mids. I don't want to keep going for centre mids, man. Um, I want to go for, I'm not going to go, I was going to go for Anana. Yeah, let me go for it. I'll go for Anana from Everton because he was a bit of a breath of fresh air from, uh, Everton against Leeds earlier this week as well. And he was someone that I think will settle into the Premier League quite well. And uh, it's going to be really good to kind of see how he does because um, Idrissa Garner Gay has returned to Everton as well. So having Garner Gay and Onana in the same midfield, both playing in the French League last season, I'm really excited about that because I want to kind of see how they kind of do together because Iwobi's been playing in midfield. Tom Davis has been playing in that midfield as well. So a uh, breath of fresh air, hopefully, for Everton. Not like I you know, support Everton, but it'll be refreshing to see Onana in this team um, with Frank Lampard as well. So Onana, Paulina, Mateus Nunes, um, Christian Eriksen, and who's the other one? I said Bella Kocha. Those are my kind of five. And one that I think you'll appreciate a lot as well, Alexander Isaac. What a guy. Yeah. 63 million to Newcastle, and he scored on his debut at Anfield. Incredible. He could have got a second. And he had one ruled out. Yeah. Yeah. Very ruled out. This is going to be fun. It's going to be a fun Premier League season as well. Um, next question we've got. Uh, choose your top scorers for the season. You may have done this already, but we'll do it again. Seeing as we've got Harland. all the signings in. It's got to be Haaland. I don't see Harland. anyone beating Haaland. At first, I thought it would be Harry Kane on first impressions. I was like, how's Haaland going to settle into the league? And he's, remember, Haaland hasn't even got a World Cup to go to, so he's going to be refreshed. He's going to have a mid-season break, which will be fantastic. He'll just be there training like a Terminator that he is as well, which will be fantastic. Um, next one we've got. Uh, top five Premier League centre-backs. Okay. Premier League centre-backs. Who are the top five 
Yeah, we're going to throw Van Dyke in there. We're going to throw Ruben Diaz in there as well. Um, yeah. Who can we throw in there? I, I'm I'm not believing this Saliba hype so far. It's only been five games, so I'm not going to throw yeah. him straight away. He's a fantastic player to watch. He's really good to really enjoy. So I'm really happy about that. Um, Diego Saliba, Carlos. Imagine Diego Carlos is going to put two, three games and he gets injured. So yeah. come on now. Um, definitely not going for a Man United one. I'm not. I'm not backing. Varane because he always gets injured on full fitness. Silver, full fitness. Varane is in the top five. Half fitness. Varane. I'd go. I'd go for Silva. Thiago Silva is definitely there. So I'm going Van Dijk, Thiago Silva, Ruben Dias. Um, who else can we go for? He's a good centre back. Fafana. Fafana's gone. Fafana's another one. Not Zuma. You know what? I'm going to be a bit of a curve guy here. Joel Matip, his quality last season. Yeah, fair. I, I think you've got to go for Joel Matip. You've got to go for Van Dyke, Ruben well, Diaz. Well, Laporte, Laporte or Stones, but Laporte Silver. I think it's that simple. To be fair, because Rudiger's yeah. gone. I'm not going mm. for Maguire. He was Maguire, up there. Yeah, Rudiger was up there, man. A quality player, but yeah, top five centre back so far this season from what we've seen. I'm not putting Koulibaly in there either. He's had a couple of mistakes and obviously got a red card against Leeds. So. Um, quite simply, Ruben Diaz, uh, Laporte, Joel Matip, Virgil van Dijk, Thiago Silva. In no particular order, but it's got to be those five because mm. who else kind of beats them in a way, which is crazy. Um, last question from our Q&A before we move on to our, our Man United conversation. Who's one player you're looking forward to watching this season, Salim? We did this on a post, but... Yeah, it's, uh, there's, there's actually quite a couple, you know. Like the thing is, I'm always interested when I see players. Like I just the transfer window, obviously, like I enjoy it as much as I wanted to end today. But uh, honestly, for anyone, honestly, for I anyone listening, see... Salim will probably say Olise or Eze because there's big fans of them and they play really good football. And yeah. from watching them this season, they've been fantastic players to watch. But that's my guess for who you were going to say. But honestly, all the new signings, I want to see them do. I want to see them play. I want to see Damsgaard play. Um, then I, I want to see him play as well. I think it's just yeah. You know, I want to see I want to see Marcelo in the Prem somehow. Um, at Leicester, you know, imagine. Yeah, that Leicester, and then Isaac's another one. Um, you know, the, the, it it goes on to be honest. Then um, obviously that the new United signing Anthony, he's somebody that I've, I sign in Football Manager quite often. So you know, I'm with Anthony familiar. as well. Do you remember we did a video at the beginning of last at the beginning of this year? We were like um, top three players to watch. And I picked Anthony in that as well. And I picked Ericsson Hager's manager to watch. And both of them have come to Man United, which is crazy. And I'm really excited about Anthony. I really am. People are saying, oh, yeah, he um, he went on strike at Ajax. All he does is that little skill move. He doesn't. When you actually watch football properly and when you actually watch how players play, it's kind of like Jack Grealish in a way, Salen. Jack Grealish doesn't always get the goals and assists for Man City, but he affects the game. He affects it for England as well. He'll dribble past players. He'll draw fouls. He'll, he'll bring defenders out of position to then build the play through the attacking phase as well. And that's something what Anthony does at the same time. So I'm really looking forward to seeing Anthony in the Premier League. But um, again, I've interrupted you again. Sorry. Who is the player that you're looking forward to watching? Yeah, no, so Anthony being another one, you know, yeah. I, I want to see that. And I want to see Wesley at uh, Papana at Chelsea too. So, but yeah, I think Anthony's one that I'm really looking forward to watching. You know, somebody I sign in FM and he, he sort of gets the numbers for me. So it's going to be good to see how it does in the real world. Uh, breaking news, Kazawa has signed for Fulham from PSG on loan. So that's a 
decent I think there. I think um, Batshuayi is close to uh, Forest to have signed about 20 players now, which is another crazy one. That's like two, yeah, almost two starting 11s plus the squad they already have, which is insane. Yeah. Um, one player I'm really looking forward to watching, objectively speaking, this season. I know I've said Man United players previously, but okay, non-Man United players. Alexander Isaac, first of all, I just think is a joy to watch. I think he's a refreshing player to watch as a striker and Old-fashioned strikers are coming back into season now, Salon. We've got Darwin Nunes, Erling Haaland, Alexander Isaac. Yeah, Isaac Nunes. All in, all in this season um, in the Premier League as well, which will be great. I'm really looking forward to seeing how... What's his name? Uh, Romeo Lavia carries on playing for Southampton. He scored the winning goal against... Um, no, scored the equalising goal uh, for Southampton against Chelsea earlier this week. So I'm looking forward to seeing how he does, especially because... Um, Romeo has left Southampton. So that's going to be something yeah. that I'm going to be looking forward to seeing how Lavia does after leaving Man City um, this summer as well. And another player I'm really looking forward to kind of seeing and really understanding how well he does is Lucas Paqueta. Because again, we've spoke about how Paqueta has done for Leon. We've spoke about how Paqueta has been doing um, in, in our football manager careers as well, which has been great. Yeah. I want to see how West Ham sets up with all their new signings, with Corne, with pa- uh, Emerson, with Kerr with Paqueta, with Skamaka, will they all set a win? Because for me, this reminds me of old West Ham. You know when old West Ham would splurt money on every kind of signing and they just wouldn't fit? You'd be wasting so much money. They spent north of like 110, 120 million pounds this summer transfer window selling. So it's reminding me of when they, they would buy so many different players and only two or three of them would settle in. Like remember they signed a good from uh, Ren. So that's a £30 million signing who's barely going to get a game time so far. Emerson for yeah. £15 million, He could be second or third choice left-back as well because remember, Ben Johnson can play at left-back as well. So he may not even get into that starting lineup behind Creswell and Johnson respectively. And obviously with Paqueta, how do you break into this team with the Suchek and Rice double pivot? Does he play as a cam? Does that mean for now he's going yeah. to stay out? Does Ben Rama not get a game? How does it kind of work? And obviously with Skamaka, versus Antonio. Antonio is a fan favourite. He's led the line for a couple of years now. How does Gianluca Scamacca fit into this team? Does he just have to fight for his place? Is there only going to be one striker in this David Moyes system? That's something I'm really looking forward to seeing with West Ham because they haven't had the best of starts this season as you've seen, Salem. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's no, kind I of agree. it for Paqueta. I want to see him do well, but not against Man United, as always. Um, but yeah, those are, those are the questions we got from our followers on Instagram so thank you very much for everyone who shared them they were great and they were something different and I think I think that's quite nice actually I think we'll do that every other week now starting when we're on it'll be quite refreshing to have it in that way because we're not expecting yeah. some of these comments and these conversations as well which would be good and shout out Goncarlo Guedes as well for Wolverhampton Wanderers because I think he's been a fantastic player for Valencia and I think it's going to be a another good signing um, for Wolverhampton Wanderers as well again signing from Portuguese players it's incredible to see which would be really good um, but yeah this will be the end of our little segment before we move on to my conversation with Cass and talk sort of Man United so that'll be all, all that kind of done Salem what are you expecting from this weekend who's your one player to watch this weekend mm, probably Haaland against Haaland against Villa probably scoring six but um, other than that I'd probably say I want to see Fafana start yeah, mm. that's that, that's the play. I, I, that's my play. I, I said Damsgaard last time. He'd even play, so I'm probably not not the guy to go to for it. But yeah, I I just I, either that or Anthony. Anthony's one that I really want to watch. 
um, play, but I, I probably think he won't start. But yeah, he's he's somebody I really want to watch. So you'll go for Andy on Sunday, and then for me, who I will go for. Because I was thinking it would be really good to kind of see how... Uh, excuse me, I've lost my voice there. I, I was looking forward to kind of seeing how well, there's so many more games coming up thick and fast this season. So there's going to be so much rotation, like you said, as well. Like obviously, it's the Merseyside derby coming up this weekend. So again, I'm going to be back in... I'm not back in my boy, because it's not my boy, but I'm going to be back in how Onana plays against Fabinho, against Henderson, against... Harvey Elliott, who I may have called the uh, the English Charles and Zogbia because of how he plays, so um, that may or may not happen. And he's been doing well since I've said that. To be fair, yeah, he has, he has. You say up. bad things about like the full Villa lineup. Yeah, I'm too nice. I'm too nice to ask the Villa. Maybe that's how it's working with that jinx. It's crazy to see how it goes, but no, I'm looking forward to seeing Amadou Onana in his first Merseyside derby against Liverpool, and let's kind of see how they turn up. Let's see if Anthony Gordon. Um, still continues to turn up as well for Everton. But no, Moses had derby for me. Onana against Henderson, against Fabinho, against Harvey Elliott. That's going to be a good battle for me, personally. But yeah, that's it for our part of the podcast, Salim. Thank you again for joining after your tremendous trip away. So I know you'll still probably be jet-lagged and still ridiculously yeah. upset with Aston Villa. But it is what it is. We move on and hopefully... There'll be better weeks to come for both of our teams. We shall see. It should be good. But yeah, definitely. I mean, the jet lag has been crazy. Like I landed yesterday. Um, literally just went for a haircut, ate, um, unpacked, had a nap, which I don't even know, I can't remember having because I just fell asleep. And then sort of playing football twice. So yeah, it's been busy, but I'm just trying to get that routine back in. Just carried on with football, basically, getting back into the swing of things. Lost time, wasn't it? Making up for lost time. Yeah, exactly. Another bit of breaking news. Arthur from Juventus has arrived at um, Liverpool's training ground for his medical. So that's another shock signing. But it is that's a good signing, something they need. So, yeah, I'm, I'm quite happy for Liverpool in that sense. We did speak about them as well. We did speak about how they needed another ball-playing progressive midfielder. And Arturo is that kind of guy. So it's going to be good to see how it goes going forward as well, especially with the whole middle of the park with Liverpool rely upon with their energy. They need that calm, calmness and composure in there as well, which will be good. Um, but yeah, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you very much, everyone, for supporting us. Do follow us on YouTube. Subscribe to us on your favourite streaming platform as well and do find us on social media especially on instagram as well we've reactivated our twitter but i barely use that to be fair um but yeah we're going to be looking forward to bringing you more content stick around because we are going to have a part two where i'm talking to Cass from uh trafford tunnel from a united man united youtube account type thing so we're going to be speaking all about man united and their transfer details really looking forward to getting into this because i needed someone Someone specific to talk to today about Man United's ins and outs. And uh, I came across our friend, our guest today through, basically just through social media as well, doing lots of football content regarding Manchester United. Having a, a background that I thought was a green screen, but it actually is the authentic background. So it's quite <laughs> yeah, good. To, yeah, yeah. Quite good to get him on. Definitely good. You got that scarf there as well, which is pretty good. So I'm really. Oh, everyone, everyone really gets on. on. Everyone gets on to me about it. It's, so it's a it's a Norwich scarf and all that kind of stuff. Which is oh, it's a West Brom away scarf, that type of thing. Oh, so from yeah, the yeah, yeah. That's the one. Awake it. Nah, it's all good. Um, but no, I'd like to welcome Cass to our football podcast, our football and mental health podcast, right now. Counter Attack. Cass, why don't you do the pleasure of introducing yourself and tell our listeners where you're from and who you're representing? Well, my name's Cass. Uh, I represent Never a Foul. Channeled our own and Trafford Tunnel as well, which is our Manchester United segment of it. So, 
Yeah, man, coming from there, all things United, man. Catch me on United View, catch me on the football terrace pretty much every week. Catch me at Old Trafford pretty much every other week. Ooh, yeah, man. What, are, you, are you going to the Arsenal game on, on the weekend? Yeah, I'll go, I'll, go, I'll go to every home game. Like, I'm there. Like, I'm at the I'm at the Saucier Dad game, but I'm I'm in uh, Europe the night before, so it's going to be a, a long week for me. And then I'm in Europe after, so it'll be a fun week for that as well. I've got, so I've, I've got I've got my ticket for the Saucier Dad game. But I'm trying to cancel it if I'm being honest, because I don't know where I'm going to stay. I'm just even <laughs> trying to get back down to Coventry might be a bit of a mission. Do you drive as well? No, I don't drive, man. I don't. So, uh, it's, so just... it's the midweek trains and that getting back down. Yeah, it's just like I usually have someone to stay out there, but it's a little bit techy. I don't really want to over rely on someone. Like, or pay for, I definitely don't want to pay for a Premier Inn or anything like that. I could do, but I don't want to. But if I have to, if I can't get rid of my ticket, like I'm going. Like, I'm not having it there for no reason. I'll give it away for free. How about that? I mean, you could return it and get the money back. That's right. what I'm trying to do, but trying to get, I've, I've emailed them. So surely they get back to me. Surely they have to get they, back. they always get back to you even at two, three working days. And that third working day, it's like at the 11th hour of the day. So it's like 4.30 p.m. before they close their offices as well. Shout out to Man United yeah. ticket offices for being almost as, as respectable as they used to be once upon a time. Just so late these days. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, we're back on to this podcast today because we wanted to talk about Manchester United, really. So anyone listening who is expecting anything else, Sorry to disappoint. We're talking about all things Manchester United and mostly with their transfer window that I've had this summer as well. And this is something where Cassie and I have been talking quite a bit over social media as well. And you've been posting regularly in terms of the rumours, in terms of the ins and the outs of Manchester United. And first things first, I wanted to kind of get onto the outs. Like there's a few players that I'm quite upset about Man United losing. And there's a few players that I'm really happy about them going on loan. But I just wanted to get your initial first thoughts on some of the players that you think are going to benefit from the loan system going out this season or uh, even being sold as well. What's your first thoughts on that, Cass? It kind of depends. It just depends. Like, I don't know if Ahmad Diallo joining Sunderland is going to be uh, a good... Uh, like, Sunderland do well, but I don't know if it's going to be a if it's going to be a good loan for him. I would rather have seen Ahmad somewhere like... I feel like he's much better than he is. Mm. He could have been easier... Uh, a championship side like easily someone that plays football um so but now he's gone down to league one is that what we is that what we bought 40 million pounds for to go but to league one i think that's perfect and um who else is going out who's on ethan led i feel like he could have had a better loan but he's doing really well at the moment at qpr so I, I, that's, I'm, I'm a big advocate for him i think he's going to take the lows spot at some point anyways whether it's next, well obviously going to be next season he's definitely uh we ain't got another right back either. So I'm going to think he's going to, as long as he stays injury free, he should be doing well there as well. I just feel like he's the truth and he's our future uh, English youngster as well. And Alvaro Fernandez doing very well. Preston, Preston are known to be dude, dude quite decently as well during, um, during the campaign, but they always miss something. I don't think Alvaro Fernandez is going to make the big difference in getting them promoted as a left back. But again, already registered a few assists. You know what I mean? Already he's, he can play the men's game. Like, he's, he's actually that fit. Like, he's young, but yeah, he, he's built and mature like a man. Like, he's already ready for it. Like, his body's ready for it. So, I'll I'll be thinking that guy's going to be taking Shaw next season. I think Shaw gets sold next season uh, or next summer window. So, I think he'll be taking that spot as well. We don't have to spend no money on it. And obviously, with the other loan systems, uh, Garnacho looks like he's staying. Maybe he's gone to, or Hannibal, as some people reference him to, he's going, he's going to Birmingham with uh, Teeth Chong as well. I think he's, 
at Birmingham. What, is he going to have on a permanent or rumoured to be going on a permanent? It's rumoured um, to be on a permanent because they're saying that they've agreed to sell him, but they haven't confirmed anything yet with T. So I think T. Chong is it's the right time for him to go as well. He had a good spell there. He pretty much played left wing back there last year. Hmm. I, I feel like Birmingham quite a decent outfit now. Decent. I think maybe on loan would definitely help knowing someone that's there anyways. Would definitely, yeah, definitely help him. But I think Hannibal will ball out, but he just needs to refine his game a little bit. He's a little bit too. He's got a lot of ability, but he's really rash in his play. So still quite raw, raw in my opinion as well, from what we saw yeah, in the ve- season as well. Very, very raw, very raw. So, but he's got he, he plays for he's like Tunisia's captain, isn't he? So like, he's got he's got something going on. Like everyone knows, everyone rates the boy, mm. but there's one boy that I definitely rate that. I can't wait to see him in the future. It's Kobe Wino. That is what he was you know, good. He, he was good in that under 18s game that we saw recently as well. Yeah, like he plays against he was playing against men. Mm. Playing against men. He, he's too easy for him. Honestly, he's way too easy. But I, I would like to see him in the first team setup come next year. I'd I'd want him to go on loan this year, if I'm being honest. Yeah, it's so not looking get, likely. No, I don't I don't mind it because it could be one of those Garnacho seasons. Because every other season at Man United, you see one of the young players, youth players come through throughout the under 18s to the reserves to the first team. And last season it happened for Garnacho having a couple of first team appearances after a fantastic youth cup um that he had as well. And that's something that I'm really looking forward to seeing um this season as well. Because every other season we're seeing players come through and we're seeing players end up leaving as well. And even with the likes of Amadiello, like we said as well, we bought him for 40 million, he's barely touched yeah. the first team and has barely gone into um, a consistent run of games in the first team as well. So to see him hopefully get Sunderland up and running in League One as well. I mean, they've had a decent start. They've just lost their manager to Stoke. So hopefully he'll be like a bright spot because he was awful at Rangers last season as well. Really sad to see how he just got um, he just got bullied basically in the SPL last season. He had one or two Pretty good games. He, he didn't come off as one of the five subs in the Europa League final as well. The manager didn't trust him there, but found Broncos. So goes to show that he kind of needs to get adapted to the English game in my opinion that's how I kind of see it because he's had six months at, at Rangers had, he's been in and out of the Man United team so hopefully he gets to be one of the main men at Sunderland this season as well which would be really good nah, he definitely will he's got a Billy like, but he didn't have a great pre-season I don't know about Pelestri as well Pelestri looks like he's staying as well around the first team I think he's a guy that we could definitely use potentially this season but I don't think we're going to see a lot of him um, yeah I think he's it'd be a really good I think it'd be a really good Europa League player League Cup player because we've got the wingers now in Anthony Maybe Alanga stays as well. He's not going on any last-minute loan deal as well. So we can see a lot more rotation in our wingers and hopefully Pellistri gets to learn a bit more about how Eric Tanhag wants him to play as a winger as well, which would be good to see. Okay, yeah. Yeah, potentially. Um, I like to think with Anthony coming in, our attackers would more than likely be, if you did swap them over, would be obviously Sancho and Anthony. But then you've got Rashford and Alanga. I think they'll be, let's just say it is Rashford or it might be a Sancho. Someone else, I don't think we really see Pellistri in the... In the Europa, because when you think about that, we've got Garnacho. I think he's ahead of the pecking order as well. And I feel like he's going to have to play a Langer. I, I don't think he makes it at Man United. I reckon he already saw little rumours that he might be off somewhere with, obviously, incoming of Anthony. But I reckon Alanga's time is pretty much going to be up next summer as well, if we're being honest. There are yeah. better talents out there. Like I hate to say it, but he's a good player, but he's not going to be that player, not at Man United anyways. So, and I, don't, I certainly don't want to see him play against Leicester or Arsenal or anyone that we've got going forward <laughs> yeah it's true I mean we've got the, we've got the talent now in the wings and we're getting players back into form and back into full fitness as well so Alanga who kind of he didn't really show him but he kind of stood out in terms of his work ethic last season on the second half that we had under Ralph Ragnick as well so 
I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how he combats this with with the other talents around him. Does he stay into the team? Does he end up um, leaving on a loan deal in January? Even it could be an option. So it's all of that that we have to see. But um, now I just kind of wanted to ask you, just in terms of the kind of main players that have left this summer, that left earlier this summer, are we going to kind of miss the likes of Eric Bailly, Cavani, Paul Pogba, Juan Mata, Nemanja Matic? Because even though people are saying that, oh yeah, we've lost a wealth of experience. Was that experience kind of replaced in the likes of Casemiro and the likes of Christian Eriksen? What are your thoughts on that? I think obviously we're going to miss Paul Pogba because why get in Casemiro if you just let Paul Pogba go? Like that would be the perfect duo if I'm being honest. The like, amazing partnership it would have happened. It just it sat would, back definitely, and destroyed the midfield. And let, let Pogba just go free and do whatever he wants. But 100%. Obviously a lot of wages are off the books, which I can say, which is nice. A lot of 150Ks here and there gone. I don't think we're going to miss Matic too much uh, or Matt or, anyone, or Lingard or anyone like that. I think, the, you know, it's going to, you're going to sound mad. I don't like the guy anyways because he's, he took us for a ride regardless. But I think the only player we're really going to miss due to the lack of attacking threat is going to be Cavani. Like, mm. there's somebody that we could have done with this season is Cavani, but do I, would I want him around? No, certainly not. Like, faking injuries, don't want to be at the club. Like, obviously, he's just there just to take the money and go. End of his career kind of thing. Or stop these deals, but that's what I'm saying. The only reason why we miss someone like that is due to the lack of striking options that we have up front. And obviously, I don't think it helped that Ronaldo came in, deaded his mood massively, probably. But that's not a, that's that's a him problem, not us problem. But yeah, that's the only uh, Eric Bailly. We're gonna miss him. I'd rather Maguire see Maguire leave. Mm, I agree with you on that one. Maguire, uh, I can't, I can't, as well I can't. Man yeah, he's, he, he can't, I can't stand him. If he's lost his place in the team as an eight million pound defender and everything like that going forward, again another player I can see us moving on next year because we have to recuperate some sort of money, especially after a World Cup that he's more than likely to go to, and probably start regardless if he don't start for Man United. So on that notice, might as well make some money out of him, whether it's 40, 50 million, send him back to Leicester. I reckon I can see someone like Leicester coming in back for him pretty much next season. I'd say because they just lost for Fana, so there you go. And Johnny Evans getting old. Make and they money. gained 75 million from that Fofana deal as well. So they're killing yeah, it in the transfer window. Yeah, they got, some, they got some money. They got some money going on there. So mm. yeah, man, come get your boy back. We need we, we need Maguire out of here. I'm not a fan of Maguire after the two, three seasons that he's had at Man United. And it's just it goes to show that Rafael Varane, when he is fit, is going to be the first team, he's going to be the first choice right centre back as well, with Lisandro Martinez at left centre back as well. Victor Lindelof back in the squad after being injured. So I could even see Maguire being fourth centre back. I know we've got two in Zabi and Jones still in the squad looking to leave or maybe looking to. Yeah, they're looking. I saw reports. Uh, I think it was Simon. Was it, was it Simon Jones or something like that? Um, I can't remember his name. Uh, I just I literally saw on Twitter about apparently they're actively looking for some sort of loan to get mm. them out of the club. So Trans Amy, if he goes, he needs a loan. He needs yeah. to stay fit as well. And Jones, I don't know why he's at the club. Honestly, I, I honestly don't understand. Another 150k a week, that type of guy. You know what I mean? That guy's always injured, not available. If he's available, you know, he's not needed. And it's like, who? I can't believe it was it Ollie that offered him the five-year deal as well. Like when he first came in charge, I just, I just don't understand that. Honestly, it's shocking. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was Ollie in his interim period as well. That's why he had the five-year deal. He had the extension because he was going on a free agent, him and Chris Smalling, and then they both signed extensions. But Smalling's extension was a lot smaller than. Uh, Phil Jones is one as well so hopefully that's something that Man United don't continue to do if there are more free agents like we've had this summer it was so much better that we let them go on a free as opposed to trying to sign them and trying to sell them on later for a bit of money because we've saved so much money in, in wages this summer which has allowed us to sign some of these fantastic players that we've got as well but realistically speaking 
Eric Bailly, I thought he had a decent preseason as well. It's just one of those things that I thought, you know, with Eric Bailly, he's one of those players that deserves first-team football, and I don't think he would have got that this season with Lisandro Martinez and Varane coming back into the team as well. So yeah. that's kind of the thing that I'm not really worried about. A bit cautious with Eric Bailly as well going forward. But I wouldn't I'll... mind Bailly as a second backup. He, he definitely wouldn't fight for his spot, but you're not going to get it, as you said, right? So he's not going to get that spot back. He's, he's yeah. not. He's been injured for way too much. I know he's been available for a long time, but it's just, I just don't think Ten Hag fancied him and he just said he just probably just wanted his first team football. He's like 29 now, isn't he? So Yeah. One of our of, longest serving players as well since about 2016 we've had him as well. It's crazy to think. Yeah. Yeah, it's mad and he's hardly featured. Exactly. Now I need to talk to you about the signings that we have signed as well. We're going to go one by one. We're going to break down in terms of how you see them in our future, in our upcoming season that we've got as well. So we'll start from the beginning. Tyron Malassia, left back. I've spoke to your boy, Double uh, A, who's also on your Never yeah, About yeah, Media yeah. channel as well. And he was saying that at the Man United versus Liverpool game, he was an absolute monster. He was unbelievable. He was taking Mohamed Salah for a ride. Do you agree with that? Do you reckon he'll be taking yeah, for was, a ride this season? I was there. Like, I was there live, watched him absolutely, like, bossing him. In, he didn't get a sniff and the thing is when you thought Salah did get past him he didn't like the recovery runs were, were, were serious like he recovered the ball so many times mm. and sometimes he might got doubled up on and that left a lot of free space for, for us in the midfield uh, at times as well down the left so that way we I think we fancy quite a lot of our chances but um, that boy that, that could be bargain of the summer like I, I don't know where else you're gonna you could look at maybe Polina from Fulham because he was like 15, 8 million or something like that but for 12 million for a left back like that He's coming firing pretty much, having good games every game he started. Can't can't argue. Shaw's lost his place. The boy's hungry. He's young. He wants it. He's fit. He's everything that we need at the moment. A modern day fullback, which everything that Shaw isn't. So like Shaw's just, I don't know, man. He doesn't give me doesn't give me like once his confidence is gone. Like we all thought, yeah, like Shaw's gonna perform again. He's got some he's got some uh, competition. Nope. We see the total opposite. He's been he's poor. Evident from the from the Brighton game, he was poor. It's a shame to see, to be fair, but it is what it is. But Malassio, in terms of Malassio, that's a 10 out of 10 signing. What I noticed about Luke Shaw as well is when Alex Tellers came into the team on social media through Luke Shaw, he was always bigging up Alex Tellers. He was like, yes, my boy, because he knew he had the one-up on Alex Tellers. He was competing with him really well. Since Malassio's been in, there's been total silence on social media as well because he knows that Malassio is actually beating him in terms of the pecking order as well. And what I really like about Malassio as well, you'll notice this as well when you go to your games, and hopefully you'll get to play against Sociedad when I go, it's such a good progressive passer and is not one to stand on his laurels. It's not someone to admire his own pass or his cross. He'll continue moving into different spaces. And we saw a bit of that in the Conference League last season with finals. Well, I, I did. Um, but we're seeing that at Manchester United, which was great as well. And we saw it against not just Liverpool, but we saw it against Southampton as well away, which was a really good way of Molassi kind of stamping his authority, I would say, in this Manchester United side. And hopefully it'll be a continuation of people calling him the next Patrice Evra may or may not agree with it just yet, but it's a fantastic, aggressive left-back that we've needed once Luke Shaw had his good season, what, 2020? And then since then... I wouldn't even say then. I think ever since he broke his leg. Even then, that was, what, four or five games? And then he broke his leg against PSV and then he was done, wasn't he? Crazy yeah, he was to see. done now, yeah. And then we had, like, Rojo at left-back and Daly Brin that and Smalling at centre-back. Those were the days. Those were the days. Um, but no, in terms of great... Decent and not great signings. Just rank them. Where you put Tyrone Malassia on that list? Great signing? Good signing? No, yeah, I think, yeah, great signing. We were crying out for a left back. If mm. anything, he's probably the best signing that we have at this. Well, second or first best signing out of the whole lot. 
that's what I needed right. to do in order. I needed to make sure that it it, it comes with a, a a good a good effect because the next player I want to talk to you about is someone who this is what really annoys me about social media. This is why I like having a podcast and I like talking to different people because so many people, when Lisandro Martinez signed, were just looking at these memes of him being short. We're looking at all of these um, videos of like a short guy that was meant to be Lisandro Martinez, but they don't do their research. So for me, who's a football scout and a football coach, so when you're like, I'm doing opposition analysis, I like to watch the player properly. So for people watching Lisandro Martinez, they were looking at YouTube compilations. But when you're watching him in the Champions League, like we did last season, he actually he actually dominated Erling Haaland against Borussia Dortmund and Darwin well. Nunes <laughs> and Darwin Nunes in Benfica as well. So it goes to show when people were mocking him for the performance he did against Brentford and for being out of position apparently against Brighton, they were mocking him because of his height. But they don't even look at the facts and the stats that he actually won more aerial duels than other centre backs in the game or in the club as well. So it goes to show that Lisandro Martinez, even though he's short in stature, is quite big in terms of character, in terms of performance as well. And that Liverpool game, again, that you went to as well, Kaz, how, mm. how did you find him? Again, kind yeah, of standing was... up. Because um, I think Double A said Old Trafford could have swallowed him hollow, uh, swallowed him whole because it literally, two after two bad games and getting criticised and kind of let down by Harry Maguire, I thought. Don't you think against Brentford in that second goal in the corner? He just don't help. Brian... Guy's got no pace, no positioning, very poor. He's got no, no, he's not a leader. Actually, he's just an average, average defender that's been hyped up due to English media uh, bias and everything that goes along with it. Pundits keep uh, bigging him up and everything. And it's just like, I don't get what these pundits are saying. It's just because they're English or they want to see England do well. I, I don't understand it, honestly. It's, it's actually ridiculous how much he, he, this man, I don't. I've never seen a player get bigged up by so many different football football pundits. It's, just, I, I, it's, it's confusing because I reckon they just want Man United to keep doing bad. That's why they keep doing it. They all know he's shit. They I all agree. know he's shit, but he keeps getting protected. I've never known a player to get be so protected like Harry Maguire. Honestly, I haven't. Like he's more they protected need... than Harry Kane, I would say, or Steven Gerrard in the media. Yeah, but at least Harry Kane, at least Harry Kane's a world class player. Hmm. Harry Maguire is nowhere near class. He's just a decent defender. Um, and he's better when it comes to low blocks. When it comes to pre- like pushing up, which most clubs do, like high up the field, he's no good. He's got no good recovery runs. He's got no pace. He's not aggressive. He's very passive. He's annoying when he talks. He's not a lead. There's nothing. I can't really name anything. He's not even that good in the air. Mm. He missing misses all, so like, all the headers. Heading. Yeah, missing the easy chances against, I think it was Brighton, first game of the season as well. Yeah, Trafford. first. I was no. there again. It's just right in front of me, he missed. He's he shit. It's awful, man. But no, I'm I'm really happy in terms of the fact we've got Lesandro Martinez. And it goes to show you don't just need a big block of a centre-back to be a good defender. Lesandro Martinez is showing literally the rest of the country and probably the rest of the world how you can be a small centre-back again in this modern age and kind of combat your back four, which is Asherano really good. did it. Asherano did it. Couldn't they Puyol just at Sevilla? It. Yeah. Puyol was a bit bigger. He's like 5'11", but like Cannavaro done it. That's it. Like it's just it's just people don't see it in a Premier League and they know it to be physical and dominant. So but that's exactly what we got. We got a little miniature village. And so and I'm yeah, I'm loving it. It's one that's pre- quite press resistant as well, if you think about it. It's because he used to play midfield as well. He's played as a holding midfielder, so you can play out from the back properly as well, and you can take on a player. He had a mm. he had a shade of um Musa Dembele for me when I first saw him in a centre defence in it as well because he's beating the press he's making the forward passes and he's making the runs along the side of it as well which is really good and as you've seen as well he steps into midfield every now and then to help uh, create an extra man create an extra space and an extra passing lane as well so 
that's something that I'm looking forward to seeing when Casemiro starts as well to see if those that's two the... go into like a yeah. little one three 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 and Varane just behind them as well. That'd be good to see. Yeah, Casemiro, man, you might as well jump onto that that bandwagon right there. Like honestly, I think Martinez is probably our third best signing. I'll say Malas is the second best signing. Why Casemiro is the first best signing is because obviously he's world class. He's done it all. Like he and and there's something that we haven't had since Michael Carrick. If I'm being honest, uh, a proper him. a proper a proper DM like or even Matic. Matic we haven't really replaced Matic, yet, but he came a bit too late for me. A great great first season, but legs couldn't do it. Casemiro breaks up play. Something we we you don't see. You have never seen at Manchester United. Last time we had a break play is a guy that plays centre mid called Roy Keane. Mm. But um, and how long ago did he, he did he go back uh, leave for Celtic? That was about nearly twenty years ago. We're talking about fifteen 20, years ago, or something like that. Mm. Yeah, do you get what I mean? So it's been a long time since we had that type of player, and then now we got he can really get us out the pitch, and he'd be very annoying to play against. He just it's the way he cut, part, cuts the the passing lanes. Like, you even saw Joe Arebo get scared when he came next to him. Like, honestly, he got so shook that he came off the ball. Like, <laughs> he had to, yeah, he hesitated. But, he has um, that aura about him as well, which is all Yeah, I really do you know like. what I mean? He's a warrior. Hmm. But he just about scraped why he's my number one signing. The reason is, is because he's world-class. We know what he brings and everything that comes along with it. But in terms of me, why he'd only just scraped it past Malaysia is because it was a great signing, but it was very bad business. Yes. Extremely bad business. I reckon Man United could have got this deal done two months ago. I reckon they would fools for letting De Jong keep carrying on after about a month. After, all right, cool, you could chase it for four or five weeks. Could have got all these deals done a long time ago. Could have got Anthony for a lot cheaper back then as well. Get a lot more time and that comes along why this is bad business. It came quick and fast goes to show that deals can get wrapped up in 48 hours. If, it, if, a if it needs to be. part of business as well after the Brentford game. And it goes to show of course. That. It goes, it goes to show we needed a six more than the young. Yeah, it, it goes to show the it, money was there. Yeah. We could have got we, these players easier and say, earlier, like you said. Would you say we needed Casemiro a lot more than we needed the young? 100%. 100% we needed Casemiro more than De Jong. Mostly because when you've looked at our team since 2019, how many times can you see us in big games get overrun in midfield? And you can see the quality oh. of midfielders that we have as well. And you can see the quality of opponents that we have as well. And you're also oh, looking no at no physical how... presence, yeah. no physical presence whatsoever, except McTominay, who's very clueless, and I don't think he throws his body around too much. And when he does, he he draws a lot of fouls, which is not good. It's like a loose animal, anyways. basically. Like basically, basically one he, another one, and he's get moved on next season. I think yeah. again, he gets moved. I reckon again, I'm not joking. I think he gets moved on next season. He's gonna lose his place. He's gonna lose his place to Casemiro because he's he's known as the sixth dominator. A destroyer for us coming in. You got Fred. I reckon is over the pecking order for him. Eric's is over the pecking order for him. Eventually, Zidane Iqbal will be on the pecking order and over him. Do you know what I mean? The only reason why we might stay is because we need a six destroyer, like to, to, under Casemiro. And that's I don't know if we're gonna buy another one next year. So, so maybe he might he might stay next year. Maybe he might, but I can't see it. I, I, he needs to get moved on big time. He's also one of these players that gets really good press from the media as well for no reason yeah. whatsoever. Doesn't even start for his country in his own position. Yeah, he plays at centre back for Scotland in a back five, which is crazy. And you're seeing people saying, "Oh, Scott McTominay still a young uh, centre midfielder." It's like 26, 27 now, and you're kind of there thinking, "25, yeah, yeah." It's crazy to see, and you're like, no one else gets this kind of uh, hype from the media as well, and this backing from the media. It's really sad to see, but because he's a United boy, they give him extra, extra hype. If he was. Kind of way. Someone just like him that looked absolutely clueless in the midfield, like Bakayoko. Look how mm. quickly he got shifted on. So if Scott McTominay wasn't British, that's a good Scottish, comparison. That. He would have got he would have got moved on, like just like a Bakayoko did. 
absolute clueless at Chelsea in the Premier. Couldn't do it. Yeah, and just gets gets moved on. You get forget about him and just carry on getting a better player. Chelsea have got a better player. I say it all the time. Scott McTominay is, is up there with one of the worst in the mids in the whole league. Mm. Like honestly, he generally is. That's what really annoys me about the whole James Garner deal. Because James Garner leaving to Everton, I'll, I'll get your thoughts on it in a sec. But I'm really upset with the fact that he's left on the permanent deal. I know we've got a buyback clause, and hopefully it's a cheap buyback clause. I don't. I don't even. I don't even know if there is a buyback clause. Is there not? Was it not confirmed? This is. This is. I'm pretty sure there's a sell-on clause that if you get sold in excess of 16 million or uh, 15 and a half million, we get 20% of that fee. That's crazy. That's crazy. Thing, the thing is, you might get, I could see the boy probably ends up going somewhere like Newcastle or something in the future. I don't know, but man, I want him back. That means, well, if we do want him back, technically 20% comes off of that fee anyways. So technically that is a pretty much like a buyback clause. Mm. But I just, I just think it's stupid business. Like honestly, I can't believe this 10 million that can rise to 15 and a half million. That is, Shit business. That's a 20 million pound player right there. He's like 21 years old. Yeah. He had a really good season last season for Nottingham Forest as well. He's played previously. And the season before that. Yeah, exactly. He's had really good experiences. And even with like players, when he first made his debut on that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, the players around him, like Juan Mata saying that, oh, here's the future of Manchester United is going to be in the team doing really good. And I think even though he was injured, Ericsson Hag has made a mistake there. I think Ericsson Hag really should have given him the blessing to just stay in this first team, be around it, get some Europa League, some League Cup. Um, appearances as well and actually build on his performances from last season as well because I genuinely think James Garner is going to be a future England player as well with the midfield that we have someone who can actually hold it down because when you're looking at like the likes of Ward Prowse and Calvin Phillips who's injury prone and Declan Rice mm, James Garner I've, in three years would be I think he must have viewed him as an eight I think Ten Hag viewed him as an eight not a six and in yeah. terms of physical presence what we need currently in a squad I just don't think he fit the bill to give him the game hand that he required eights he's not going to go over Ericsson not going to go over Van der Beek and and it won't get the, the, the go ahead against Zidane Iqbal either, I don't think, because I think Ten Hag likes the guy a lot. I just don't think he viewed him as a six originally. That's why he's been moved on, especially when we got better eights in academy. Let me be real, Kobe Minor, Isaac Hansen can do a bit of everything going forward. 10-8. These are future players of Manchester United. Like that, I've got some it's ones to watch, especially Kobe Minor. Wow, that guy is the eight we really do need. Uh, that's a that's a star boy. Like I'm talking. Boy, and there's obviously rumours surrounding Greenwood coming back as well. I don't know if you want to mention it, but he ain't been proven guilty. He hasn't been proven innocent. And that's probably why we're not getting an attacker. I'll be yeah. real. I'll I be real. If he no does one, come, does come back. No one's got the 11 shirt as well. The 11 shirt's still vacant. I thought, I, thought, I thought Anthony took it. It hasn't been confirmed, it. has it? I haven't seen what uh, shirt he's, uh, shirts he's got either. No, I haven't seen that either. I think it's been crazy to see. If he doesn't get that 11, that just shows you everything. That tells you everything. That it actually does it more or less confirms that Greenwood will be back in the Man United side as well. But um, yeah, Casemiro is a fantastic play that we've seen. I want to talk about the well, we've talked about Anthony. It's a good segue into Anthony as well. Recently just signed uh, for Manchester United, 86 million pounds. Ten Hag said that he is mostly a right winger. We've seen him mostly as a right winger. We've seen him do well in the Champions League last season as well and in the Eredivisie winning the league last season at the same time, Cass. But again, it's one of those things that whenever Man United sign a player, uh, a lot of people try to take the mick out of him. They try and make fun of the fact that he can do that, you know, that skill um, yeah, going yeah, around yeah. all the time as well. But we're here to kind of debunk that and show that he's actually a really good player, really good progressive winger and someone who actually can cross. He can go on the inside, he can go on the outside as well. But what are your thoughts on Anthony? Is this someone that we needed? Could we have gone for Cody Gakpo nah, for a cheaper? Definitely that... right wing. No, 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 Cody Gakpo is no good. Um, I okay. think he's hella mid. They tried, they tried to take us for a rifle at 
what, 40 million or something, and then now he's like 25 million for Southampton or something like that. So Yeah, Leeds were after him, I think. Yeah, like forget that signing. I don't think he's, I think he's decent, but I think he's not Manchester United quality. Um, again, Anthony, great player for me. Exactly what we need. We need a left foot. We've needed a right winger for years and years and years. Honestly, like since probably Lewis Nanny. Um, and the fact that he's left footed is even better. So he gives us a different option. I get the whole thing around the stats, but he's not inverted forward. People think that your wingers need to always be scoring. They don't. Mm-hmm. People don't forget what wingers really do. His creation levels are crazy. It's just that if you actually when it, look when at when it comes Ajax, to Jack Grealish again, when it comes to Jack Grealish again, um, again another English player when he doesn't score an assist, but people are like, oh yeah, he draws fouls. Oh yeah, he brings players out of position so he can pass it through to the strikers. It's all fine. But when it's Anthony, oh no, not enough goals, it's, not enough it's assists. The Man so again, United, it's the Man United narrative, of course. Yeah. It's the Man United narrative. It's always going to be a Manchester United narrative. But again, great signing, just really bad business this time. Like this is this is seriously bad business. I would never. I'd think like I think it's definitely. A player I wouldn't have first gone for on the right hand side. I would rather gone, but went and gone somewhere, got someone like Elise. I think he really got for half that money, and he has been, I suppose, playing in the in the Premier League. But I suppose he's Anthony's been doing it in the Champions League as well, and he knows the system, so don't like need to adapt too tough. But the only re, the only other issue is that it's adapted to the Premier League. Is he going to be another Hakim Ziyech, or is he going to be a hit? But I think he's better than Ziyech anyways. But we yet to see, man. I think it will feature against Arsenal. Just, I'm hoping that he hits the ground running. I really would love this guy just to get a goal and assist or just keep beating a man or something, just taking them for a ride. Looking at a potential weakened Arsenal side as well. No party, no no El Nenny, potentially no Odegaard either. No Zinchenko? Is Zinchenko still out of the team? Or is it just uh, I think I'm pretty sure. No, nah, I'm pretty sure Zinchenko. I know he had an injury. Mm. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he'll be there for. Against my against us at Old Trafford, but Anthony, he just brings a different element to the game, like for our whole squad. Again, it's just another, it's just another squad member. Do you know what I mean? Like we need like another, needed a Casemiro, need a destroyer. It brings another element to the team, another dynamic. Exactly what Anthony's going to do. Exactly what Martinez has done. Different dynamic. So it's good. It's good. So we're not too. We've always been very good down the left hand side, typically over the years, and neglected that right hand side. I think Anthony and I feel like the way at Malaysia and the lower, like they can definitely definitely help so you're going to see Sancho on the left right yeah. so we're going to definitely see some good combinations I'll say Delo will suit Anthony to a T I reckon more than Malassi will suit Sancho because if he's going to cut in more time then you've got Delo who likes to overlap there we go it should be it should be good it should be alright we should be alright with it because I'm looking at Anthony now and I'm thinking even if we have him stretching the play and we're having Marcus Rashford cutting inside as well it'll be really good to see how Marcus Rashford can kind of do without having to over-rely on playing on the left-hand side because it's happened in the past as well when we've relied on just passing it to Rashford because our right-winger hasn't been as good or as consistent in terms of play as well. But I wanted to kind of ask you this kind of striking question from a Man United point of view. We've seen yeah. quite a lot of Brazilian players come through um, to Man United. We've seen the Rafaels, the Fabio, we've seen the Andersons come through into the Manchester United side as well in the past, Cleverson as well. This summer, we've got Casemiro and we've got Anthony. So we've got two top talents, in my opinion, Casemiro, world-class talent, in my opinion. Forget what Graham Sinas thinks about Casemiro. Is this the time where they're going to break the Brazilian narrative at Manchester United when you think these two players are actually going to shine for Brazil and for Man United? Because we've seen in the past where the likes of Cleverson has done really well for Brazil, but not for Man United. We've seen the likes of when Rafael's kind of done better <laughs> at smaller clubs as well. What's your What's your thought on that, Cass? I don't know, man. All I know is called be called a Dutch Samba boy, isn't it? That's mm. that's it. Like, so we've got people that can speak. A, well, we've got a couple... 
you got a few people that speak Portuguese now. So that's good. That's always good for anyone that wants to come into a team. So you're not going to feel alone, especially someone that's from your own country. Not, not going to say they're going to get along and just because they're from the same country, they're going to be boys. But typically in the football world, if you do speak the same language, it's going to be the case. Yeah. But I don't think Anthony should be all right adapting into the dressing room. Uh, he's hungry. So I quite like that. But in terms of the, obviously we've got a few more Brazilians in the team now. It's just, I don't know. It's a, it's a bit hard. It's a bit hard to say. It's a bit hard to say, but we need a little bit of flair. That's all I can really say. Hopefully, they don't, it's not just a, a like a tick. They, they're soft. Casemiro is a hard-hitting guy. Like he's gonna, he can do it anywhere. You've seen it against. He can do it against English teams. He's gonna love it. He's just got to adapt to the pace of the Premier League. I reckon that's about it. Can he do it? I reckon so. He's been doing it everywhere. Don't mean it's gonna be a massive hit. But honestly, yeah, it's, it's, I get what you're talking about. Does it for Brazil? Does it here and there? But is he gonna be the guy that can really bring that Bavavum to the to the league? I like that Jogger Benito, yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I don't know if if the Feds are going to take too kindly to it. Can he get away quick enough before he gets snapped? Because it will happen. But I reckon he will relish the challenge. I think he he really would. It's just, it looks like his mind's there. That's all I can really say. I don't think he's going to be like Cleberson. Cleberson was good, but he was never never had that. For me, he never had that ceiling anyways. Mm. But yeah, we're just going to have to wait and see in the next few weeks. Definitely play him against your, in Europa game. I think he will, he won't start against Arsenal, obviously, but I reckon he I reckon he would really like linking up with Martial. I think he can. I think he really will. I think he could ignite Martial this season as well because we needed someone who can again not just uh, cross in from the wing from the right wing as well, but someone who can interplay really well. And that's someone that Anthony, something where that Anthony thrives in my opinion from what I've seen with him doing it with Tadic and Haller last season uh, for Ajax and even this season as well. At the beginning of the season, he's doing really well for Ajax, but. Genuinely speaking, I think Anthony, he'll hit the ground running. I think I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I think he's going to have a good season. I think it's going to be a refreshing season to have as well, because obviously we've got the World Cup. I also don't think he may be picked for Brazil. I think he may be one of the wingers that actually gets left out um, from the Brazilian squad, given the talent that they have as well, given the fact that Rafinha has now moved to Barcelona and given the fact that their strikers in terms of Jesus, in terms of Neymar, Firmino even as well. They may be above the pecking order. So that could be refreshing for Anthony to just stay back and not go to Qatar. Because I know they've got extended squad. You know, I, think but... I, think, no, I, think, I think it'll get picked. Whether he's in the squad or not, I think it'll get picked. I it's don't good. know if they're going to... Who gets picked? I think Rafinha. Does Rafinha get picked over Anthony? Rafinha, not... Rafinha gets picked. But it's like Jesus, Firmino, Neymar in a way. And then you've got Vinicius as well on the left. And you've got... Oh, Firmino, yeah. Firmino, Jesus and Richarlison all fight for that, that striker spot. Mm. Attacking mid, it looks like that's Lucas Paqueta's spot. Then you've got Casemiro, Fabinho. Neymar is Neymar. Cas- well, Casemiro gets a nod over Fabinho. Anyways, and Fred. The right wing, it will be out of, obviously, Rafinha, Rafinha and Anthony. And that's going to be, should be extra hunger to do more. Yeah, maybe he can do that in the, in the first start of the season as well, which would be good. Um, but yeah, last play that we've signed this summer, I don't know if we've got Depravka yet, but we, at the time we haven't actually got him is someone who I've been enjoying in the Premier League for a good number of years and in Serie A when he went as well. Um, Christian Eriksen, man. I'm a big fan of him. I've been raving about him since we've signed him. Really happy to see that he's kind of settled into Manchester United as a number eight properly as well. And Kind of like you said earlier as well, James Garner wasn't going to get ahead of Christian Eriksen in this team. He was looking like a starter in our team and with Casemiro in the starting lineup as well, we'll allow Christian Eriksen to be a bit more free in the attacking final third as well in the attacking phase and hopefully looking to penetrate more with goals and assists coming the season. But I wanted to talk to you, Cass, about his performance against Liverpool in his probably in his biggest game at Man United so far. One of his biggest games in his career as well. Um, 
how did you see Christian Eriksen from what you remember of that game? Because obviously he wasn't scoring, he wasn't assisting, but he was kind of dictating play in our midfield, which I really enjoyed. And it was a different side of Eriksen that I'd yeah, really we'll see, seen probably. We'll see a lot. We'll see a lot more of that, I think, this season. He looks like he's going to... He should be the guy that starts next to Casemiro, especially in games that we can control. In terms of high-intensity games, you can't do it for 90 minutes. Mm. Like, But he does run the yards, but I don't know if he can run the yards consistently for 90 minutes, but that's the whole point of a... Five players like Sub Rule, I reckon, which benefit us heavily and Christian Eriksen to prolong his career at obviously his age of 30. 30 is not a particularly old age in football anymore. It's pretty much the prime years of a player these days, more than 27, just a younger prime now. There's an older prime. It's mm-hmm. been extended with all of his sports science developing. Obviously, he's on a ticker as well for his heart. Uh, Where that comes out, I don't know, just to, just to help him during football. But um, other than that, I don't know if he could do it for. 90 minutes every game but I think it's been very crucial to controlling the game that's what we need but I just don't think him and Eric, him and Bruno should be playing in the same lineup. I just don't think they can play football together really but like, I feel like Ericsson likes to fizz in the ball and everything like that he likes to do what Bruno kind of does but in a more aesthetic way like he does give the ball away quite a bit at the same time it's just like I feel like he'd benefit against somebody like Donny van der Beek who wants to pick up early and play one-twos Bruno gives the ball away way too much but Casemiro should allow him to again just to get a little bit further up the pitch, do what he does best in the final third. It's interesting to see what Ericsson can do for us this season. But so far, I'm quite happy with him. He hasn't had a bad game. He hasn't had an immense great game, but he was definitely the best player in the first half in a Southampton game. Mm. It was hard. It was hard to get around him. Like we didn't see Southampton. I thought they were going to press us crazy, but they didn't. Yeah, Lavia like, was, was playing good and Ward Pass was playing good in that midfield, but Ericsson was quite press resistant from what I saw as well in that first yeah, half. Yeah, so. it's, it's, it's good. It's good. It'll, it'll get, our, our squad actually looks quite unfit, if I'm being deadly serious. Like, it's like, when you deep it, like, they do look unfit. They have but been for a like number of fitness, years when you look yeah, at them. Yeah, it looks like their fitness is getting just that little bit much better every game. Because if we're going to run our socks up, it's, it's like Leicester today. Like, I do, I do hope we press, but not that much. I hope he saves the pressing for... But the Arsenal game, like like we did against Liverpool, we pressed the sh- we pressed the life out of Liverpool, man. They couldn't do nothing. Mm. Honestly, we played them at their own game. I hope we do. Arsenal will press us. Jesus will hound us down. So it'll be good to see a little battle for Jesus and Lissandro Martinez and see what happens there. Jesus versus the Butcher. That'll be a good game. <laughs> Argent- well. Argentina v Brazil. It's always yeah. a war. It's always going to be good as well. Now, with Christian Eriksen as well, like for me, with the rotation of Donny van der Beek, I think that'll be a good competition for him coming up this season as well because Ten Hag will look to get Van der Beek up to what he expected of, of him back at Ajax as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing a bit of rotation there, which will be refreshing to see. But what I'm really happy about at this transfer window as well, Cass, is the fact that we've actually got players in the team as opposed to probably, what, two, three years ago. We've got players in the team who are first-team players. When you're looking at all five of them that we've signed, they all look like they can start a, a game. It's not like when you sign Diallo and we sign um, Cavani, Tellez, uh, Van der Beek, and they were just bench formers because as players know, and as we've seen in the Premier League as well, when someone signs a player for a club and they're like just going to be a bench player, like for example, Emerson at West Ham, right? Creswell isn't going to be worried in his boots that much about Emerson. Or when you're looking at someone that signed for like Newcastle, Alexander Isaac, Callum Wilson is going to be a bit worried. He's going to be like, oh, we're going to get my first team position back in this 4-3-3. That's when you know standards rise in clubs. When you're seeing the signings that we've had previously and we've wasted kind of a lot of money in my opinion um, over the last couple of years as well. Not last summer with the Sancho, Ronaldo and 
uh, Varane deals, but the season before that, when you've got all of these random players and haven't really done well, Lee Grant as well being a crap signing, free free transfer when you could have just had a like Nathan Bishop there as a third choice keeper. I'm quite refreshingly excited about this transfer window as well. I know we didn't get uh, Frankie de Jong. Um, I know we didn't get some of these players that we looked at originally as well. And we are lacking a right back and a striker, in my opinion. But of, of the things that we fixed this summer, we can't do it all in one go. I've, I'm quite happy with that, to be fair. We fixed our centre defensive mid. We fixed our left back. We fixed our centre back position as well because we were leaking goals at the end of last season ridiculously. Are you in agreement? Are you in disagreement? What were you kind of thinking in terms of the signings that we actually have signed this summer? I'm content with the signings for what we got so far because we know we can't we can't get it done all in one window, and it's about getting us your it's about getting your first or second option, not your third or fourth. It's good to get your first or second option. Typically, the second option isn't too far off the first option. Like Martinez wasn't the first option, Timber was, but now we're seeing that you know like maybe Martinez was the better option. To be fair, when you think about it, in that sense. Ericsson looks looked like it was a it was an option anyways. It was a free, it was a no-brainer to actually go get someone like Ericsson. Casemiro, probably a first second option to Frankie De Jong, but I don't think he, I think he came up later to, in terms of like we, they needed to change the recruitment strategy. We don't need a ball player, we need a destroyer. He's the first one on the list, Casemiro, go get him. And this was you after I mean? watching the Brentford game and watching the Brighton and that was, game as well. And that was obviously after the Rabio thing as well. Like as a as an option. Fan base went up, was up in uproar. I'm so glad we didn't get Rabio. Honestly, shout Watch. out to Rabio's mum as well. We're not for not settling for a lower deal for a son. Keep him at yeah. We don't need him. Yeah, we don't need him. That toxic behaviour. Um. So yeah, it, it's good to see, but we need to address a lot more areas. Again, I just don't think. Again, I just I think we need to still address the right back situation. I don't think the low is the guy to bring us to the next level. I don't. I really don't. I think he's good, but I don't see him as a long term option for Manchester United going forward. So I think we need to address the eight position. We can't rely on a, a 17-year-old to, you know, bring us the fruits. I still think we need someone, regardless, even if he has a good Europa League season, we still need players there. Do you know what I mean? We need people that can ch- challenge for the spot, like City, dude. Every player that in that, in that team knows they've got to challenge for their, their spot, regardless yeah, of who you are. Success. Like, if you're going to get Frankie Dion this summer, maybe go get him next summer. I reckon we'll be chasing him next summer, 100%. Um, just... Uh, Brings one year, well, brings one year less off of his deal. But then again, I don't think we need a Frankie Dion. Like honestly, I don't think we need to spend seventy million on a Frankie Dion. Uh, if we're gonna have Zidane Eggball up and coming, and I reckon we can definitely go get a different player, just as good, if not, that suits the team a little bit more. But I reckon we'll definitely chase him next summer, hundred percent. Especially if we've got Champions League football, there's no reason why I can't say no. Mm-hmm. Um, so another area we might need to address depends the striker situation. Ronaldo's gonna go, so we're gonna need to address that. We're going to need to address the uh, potential... Well, we we'll have to see what happens with Rashford. Um, as well, we're going to definitely need a direct winger. Direct More competition because, as well with Sancho yeah, direct as a com- left winger, yeah, which is good. Yeah, we definitely need a left winger that's a 1v1 specialist as well. Like, we ain't really got one of those typically. Uh, or running in behind. The left-back situation is not so... It's, it's quite calm, I'd say. Don't really need to focus on that. Going to have to address the another centre-back issue because Brian might get injured. Again, we might even have to look at another DM situation. Like, there's a few areas that I really need key for next, maybe January, the winter window or the summer window. So, and the, the highlighted ones for me are definitely just right back, striker, and the centre mid. We've lost a lot of centre mids. Ericsson and Casemiro is not enough recruitment coming inside. We definitely need a particular kind of player. I hope, hopefully, we do kind of address that in January. Unless things are going well, I don't think we really need a January sign in, like, because after the World Cup, 
winter window prices are skyrocketing. Very much so skyrocketing. For me, it's more about going into that football manager or that FIFA mode that Juventus tend to go in every now and then and go for players on pre-contract arrivals as well within their last six months. So the likes of Yuri Tillemans, who hasn't left yet Leicester this summer as of yet, that day wanna... is the day. Yeah, go for him. Oh yeah, the biggest highlight for next summer is a goalkeeper. Hmm. That is, that's going to be the number one priority for Ten Hag. He's going to say, I need someone that's going to play, play. I need to elevate my the game, play out in front of back. Yeah. He's someone that one can man. his game. Yeah, man, 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 I want Magnon from, uh, from Milan. I reckon he's been there for a season. It's going to be the next season. Italian players are not expensive because the TV rights still that they've got and everything that goes along with it, the players are not cheap. Like, as in, like, I mean, they're not expensive. I'm not joking. Like, you know, Scrinia is like, still Scrinia. Is available for 15 million pounds. Barella is also would be available for about 50, 40, 50 million pounds, believe it or not. Now, that's a dream signing. Barella, I would love that guy. Oh, Benesa, another player got he got he's got he hasn't signed a new deal for AC Milan yet. I think he's got like a year or two left on his deal as well. Another player that we definitely that, that, that guy was us to a team. I would love that guy at Old Trafford. Even though you said um Direct one-on-one winger, Rafael Leal. All the take-ons that he can do in Serie A as well. He'd be a fantastic Yeah, player. Chelsea are trying to chase him and get a pre-deal. It's not going to happen, but next season, Milan are probably going to get raided. Both Milan, yeah. I would say. I'll, yeah, I'll say both Milan's will get raided. And Premier League again, La Liga, they're just going to come in thick and fast. Lisandro Martinez going for him. Um, we got him for, what, 57 million. And you're looking at someone like Skriniar, who's been there and done that at Inter Milan for a good... I wouldn't. Six, five you, years? You would, he would be, he'd be a decent partner, I'd say. for. Marcel needs to stay fit. He needs to stay fit, but I want to know mm. what striker we'll get. I, I don't want someone similar. I get it. We might get the pie. might not need to address it too much. But I don't see the pie. I would like to see a target man. I would like to see a kind of a target man that's good with his feet. Like I would honestly would. Someone I, I, a decent fit. I don't know who. I don't know who. I would like to see maybe a young Giroud or something like that somewhere I, in the world. I've said Patrick Schick in the past. I've said Patrick Schick from Bayer Leverkusen. Did you? I, I can't, yeah, I said Patrick Schick. I said, if you want a striker, go get Patrick Schick. Like, he just bag, he's just a bagsman, man. Yeah, he's a bagsman. He's literally Cheap. like a left-footed tall guy who can do well. He did well at the Euros, did well for Bayern Leverkusen and for Roma. People forget he did well for Roma when he was there. And like 30 million, I would say, Bayern Leverkusen would go. Well, I can see us getting Tammy Abraham maybe potentially as well. Like that's, I, that's I think with English name. tax as well, he'd be a lot, a lot more expensive. I don't know. It's Roma. They would. I don't think so, you know. I think... I don't think it would be. Roman, maybe 50 million because Marino is still there. He's doing really well there. But I wouldn't want to get Tammy Abraham personally, but would I mind? Would I mind him? I wouldn't mind him seeing that in the Man United shirt if he continued to do well. Do you know what I mean? This is... Ten Hag would give him the Haller treatment as well. It'd turn him into... Yeah, that's, monster, that's the one. The and he thing. scored... He scored. A, he, he can score in a Prem. He can do it. It's just that he needs a... Let's face it, any attacker that is at Chelsea is always going to fail. He had Frank Lampard... And then Tommy Tuchel, who didn't really give him a chance anyway. So. And he was still their top scorer in both of them as well. Both of them, For the yeah. lack of service. Both goals, then, I believe. And then, and then Lukaku comes in. He scores goals for them. And then Lukaku doesn't get the treatment from Thomas Tuchel either. So it goes to show that Thomas Tuchel isn't really a big fan of strikers. And as we've seen from Chelsea this season, their strikers aren't doing oh, great. You've got, got Raheem Sterling. Cup- yeah. 75 million on Fafana, which is crazy. I wish they spent it on Maguire. I'd have happily let Maguire go to Chelsea. would have been fantastic. But... Patrick Schick would have been a good, good signing. I'm I'm a big fan of um, Musa Diaby from Bayer Leverkusen as well. I think oh, the right really, winger, left footed. Yeah, I think it'd be Basis. a really good and a good winger if Alanga were to go as well. Then we have four. Can you imagine four top class wingers? We've got Sancho, we've got Rashford, we've got Diaby, and we've got Anthony as well. 
Well, we might not need to, we might not address it because again, we just don't know with this whole Mason Greenwood court case. I feel like I heard his voice in that recording. Mm. Like I really do. Like I can't, I can't shake it off. Like if he somehow gets proven innocent, I just don't know how as Man United fan base can we really shake off because we are human beings. We can hear stuff. We're not stupid. But all he would do is score a few goals and everyone forget. That's the way it goes. That's what, happened, that's what happened with Lukaku last season as well after his interview it's not as yeah. crazy or as bad but it happened around the same time as Mason Green was on like a month or so before and then what happens yeah Chelsea fans forgot about it because he scored a last minute winner against someone so goes to show yeah. that football fans can forget about things really easy but it's there on the internet it's there for the world to see it's going to be there in court as well eventually when Mason Green has to go into court and um, yeah that's a touchy subject that we won't talk about as well Right, Cass, just to finish off, we've got the age-old question that every Man United fan needs to find the answer to um, in their mind, just for their own peace of mind as well. What are we going to do about Cristiano Ronaldo this season? Is he going to be a starter? Is he going to be off he's the not. bench? No, he's definitely not going to. I think he'll start tonight. I think it only makes sense to start Ronaldo tonight. I don't think I want to see Rashford and Alanga again. Um, and I think he can hurt them. I think he can hurt Leicester. I think he'll score. If he starts, he scores for me. Um, but... There's always the but. Ronaldo, I think he'll definitely be seeking a move in January again, which I won't mind. But just make sure you just play your role. Do your role for now. Go get loads of goals in Europa or whatever. You're going to have to play second fiddle because you can't play every game. But we've got to realise as well, we're playing games midweek, every week, up until October, playing midweek. And we're playing um, at the end of the week. So he's going he's gonna to get a lot of game time at the end of the day. So... It should be. It should be okay. It should be okay. Like, but for me, you still, he's still got to go. I can't shake off. Like, I get it. He wants to leave. He's thought he's had to force a move. Your your agent could have find nothing. Cool, but it's just the way he went about it. I can't agree with it. So, yeah, go get rid of him, man. It's too much money. Your age is. It doesn't help. I know we got an extension plus one year. No, just get rid of him, man. If you brought him in, you've had two seasons at home. Get rid of him now. Like it's. It's time to start getting these wage books really down. Like, yeah, you can have your player that's on 300 or 350k, but not a bunch of them. Like the Haya, his contract expires next year. Make sure we, I hope we do not re, like renew that deal. I hope, we really can't be renewing that deal whatsoever. He just needs to be moved on as a legend. The Haya is a legend of the club. And that's it. Nothing more to it. Keep it refreshing and move on. Find a new way to move forward as well. Like you said, get a proper keeper in that can play out from the back, play 10 hard style of play. And again, with the striker as well, because with Ten Hag, in my opinion, I think he's going to be here for the long run. I don't think it's going to be one of those where we're going to be looking at Saka and replacing because there's no one really out there to look at replacing him as well. There were fickle fans. Know. Yeah, there were people out there saying, oh yeah, Graham Pot would have been a better player, a better manager than uh, Eric Ten Hag. But I'm like, when you see what Eric Ten Hag has done at Ajax, I was revolutionised FC 20 as well. I'm really backing the guy. I'm really supporting him in terms of how he's going to go about his business and how he's dealt with these external problems at Man United that we've seen have nothing to do with him. But since he's moved into the club, he's kind of handled it really well, especially with the Ronaldo situation as well. And if Ronaldo does leave, I'm sure Ten Hag will have his own targets of what striker he wants to go for as well. So it's going to be really refreshing to see how Man United do this season. But what are you expecting from Man United this season, Cass? I know you've said it before on um, your channel on YouTube as well, Neville Fowler and Trafford Tunnel, and on your um, United View blog as well that you had with um, Flex. Flex. Yeah, um, what are you expecting just for our I, listeners? I don't, I don't think we get top four. It's going to take. I still think we need a season of gel. But then I look at that Tottenham team, and I'm, I'm not being funny. Like maybe I've overrated it a little bit. Arsenal look very good. 
can't deny it. they've already got what five out of five, so that's fifteen points already in the bag for them. Mm-hmm. Even if we beat them on Sunday, it's not really that much of a test for well, not not a test, but it's not that much of a blip for Arsenal. It's just one defeat or one draw. If we do get something against them, I'd be very disappointed if we don't beat them. Um, but I expect fifth. I can't lie, fifth or sixth. I would say. I still think we're better. I think we're better than Chelsea. I'll be real. I don't really rate Chelsea as much. I think they might struggle this year if they don't if they don't address the striker situation, which they look looking like they are with a Bamyang. Is he going to be the truth? Might help Sterlinger. But regardless, I don't know. I expect fifth or sixth, but I expect us with this squad to win the Europa League. I can't lie. Like we got the heritage there. We won it before. We won. Got some good heritage in obviously Europe. Anyways, get into finals. Something like Arsenal, they got to play Europa League midweek games. Let's see, look, they're already facing injuries. And they don't have a big hit, squad as them. us as well. Yeah, they don't have a big squad. They're looking like they're about to sign Douglas Louise. Good good backup, to be fair. It's actually very good for them. I, I think that's a fantastic sign in 20 million. You can't go wrong. So, But again, it's still not enough squad depth. If Jesus gets injured, what happens? Yeah, I wouldn't rely on it. I wouldn't rely on Martin, it. Martin gets sec- uh, injured. Who gets there? Smith Rowe. It, it's, like, it's, it's stuff like that. So I don't feel like Arsenal can sustain too long kind of showed last season that they couldn't sustain they have improved only wrong in squad depth but just not enough for me and I reckon in Europa League that's that's definitely our trophy right there man I reckon we can definitely get that trophy it needs to be and it looks like it's uh, a group stage where I think at least four of the six games that we have as well they should be a, a certain win Sociedad at home will be a tricky one we don't oh, they just lost do... Isaac they just lost Isaac so I'm kind of confident that we do still beat them like as in we shouldn't be too much of a threat who are they going for? They're going for Uma Musa, the Nigerian striker as a backup. I think no idea. But I think they lost that Yanazai as well. So again, it's just again, it's just I feel like it's a weakened Sociedad team. Mm. Um it'll be good to well, see how we do against them because they're the two they're not, they're the two games that I'm worried about in the European. They, they, they've away. done okay, they, yeah, they've done okay in the league. Like they still managed to record uh two wins and a loss. They were decent against Barcelona in that first game. I know they lost like three one or something, but they had a good performance. Uh, yeah, they, they 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 lost four one in the end. Was that was that in the was that in the league though? Was that in the that was in the league, or wasn't it? Yeah, it was the first game of the season, I think. It was the one that was on ITV. Shout out ITV for showing uh, La Liga this season. I love it. Don't need. To no, they just played. They just played someone like Elsh as well. Like, well, long story short, we should be beating this team. Like, I don't care yeah. if we put out a. You could put out uh, uh, again. I think Anthony starts that game. I reckon Alanga will start that game. Start Anthony Alanga. No, no, no. no. I think Anthony and Garnacho will play that game. Van der Beek in the middle of there. I reckon Martial will play that game as well. Back from fitness. fitness. Back from fitness, etc. etc. So that's why we can come a little bit stronger. And then you can play like a Fred and a Casemiro. Casemiro potentially. Potentially. I don't think Casemiro plays that game. I think if he plays the next two games, he doesn't play that game on Thursday. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think so. You could potentially see a Scott McTominay and a, dare I say, Zidanek ball. Does mm. he start the game? I think I think he might get a nod, get a couple of youngsters in there. It's what I want to see with a back line. I, want, I, want, I don't want to see Varane. I want to see Lindelof. I think Lindelof plays that game. I think Lindelof and, Mag- and Maguire both play that game. I It'll still be- think the low might play it. You can't change too much of that back line. You just can't change too much going forward. You have four days to rest. Then you've got Crystal Palace away. You're going to have to mix and match the teams rest of priority players as well or you can go about their business in terms of trying to win the game in 60 minutes but you can't do that against Sociedad because they're a top team And well is that Old can... Trafford so yeah. maybe we can maybe we can 
it could it could be a thing like when we beat Fenerbahce like four one in the first like three 0 in the first half and it finished like four one in total because we just dominated in the first half, which was great to see um, in yeah. that respect as well. Um, but last question for yourself, Cass, before we wrap up the podcast today. Who's going to be your top scorer for Man United this season? Who are you predicting for top scorer? <sighs> That's a tough question. Could it be Bruno? Could it be Rashford? I'm, I'm just going to say Martial. Ooh, Martial, you know. And I don't think a lot of us... I don't think we get gets over 15 goals, though. That's the thing. I don't think none of our team has got over 15 goals in them. Hmm. In the league, anyways. Because that's what I'm looking forward to as well. I'm looking forward to seeing who actually steps up to be our top scorer if Ronaldo is going to be in and out of the team as well. I just need a, I just need a Martial hat-trick somewhere along the line. Of like, yeah, just snap him a little bit. Let's get going. Hopefully against Arsenal if he comes back for that game. That'd be really good to see how he does. And that'll be a good test for him as well against Saliba and Gabriel. That's going to be really tough target, to just, against just, Arsenal. No, just target Gabriel all day long, man. Get it done. Get it done. I'm, I'm going to go out on a whim and I'm going to say, I'm going to say Bruno Fernandes will be our top scorer this season. I think it'll be one of those ways stat pads from penalties as well. It could be a thing where he gets a bit more freedom in that attack and final third as well. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully it turns up with at least 12, 15 goals a season in the league. That's what I'm looking forward to seeing a bit more from Bruno Fernandes this season as well, which will be great. Um, but no, we're at the end of our podcast today and for this week. So, Cass, I just want to say thank you very much for your time. It's great to chat to you uh, over the Zoom. And thanks for the recommendation over StreamYard. I'll give that a go for recording next time. But I'll let you outro the podcast for us today, Cass. So if you want to just share where, uh, once again, where we can find you, where we can learn a bit more about what you're doing on the YouTube scene, because I think it's fantastic what you're doing and um, the whole group and the organization that you've got as well um, is up to as well. So go for yeah, it. man, I appreciate it. Obviously coming on. Um, if anyone does can hear this or they, they made it this far, make sure you just type it on YouTube quickly. Like it's just never a foul. And you'll definitely see us. It's pretty much the first one right there. So, yeah, man, on the road to like 5K subs, nearly at four and a half. So, yeah, man, hopefully we see that in September. Hopefully it'll come around soon as well and hopefully we'll see you at more Man United games as well. So keep me in touch with what games you're going to and like, I will likewise and hopefully we'll get to see each other there. And if yeah, you man, mind, And if anyone's listening as well, if you can find a, a place for Cast to stay in Manchester so he doesn't have to travel all the way to like a Premier <laughs> Inn or something, do let us know. It'll be great. Um, I've got you know, a couple of friends out there like Saeed, like, you know, everyone knows Saeed. Uh, Hmm. something like that or whatever friends but just just in case there's no option viable the last option available we'll, fi- we'll find an option that will happen it'll definitely happen for midweek games this season um, but no everyone thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of Friday Night Counter-Attack um, look forward to next week actually we've got quite a few surprises on our social media pages there are surprises that I'm not really telling anyone about because I've got quite a big week planned up next week so if you don't see much me much on social media, that's absolutely fine. You'll see me at the end of the week. And um, just check out our YouTube because you'll see a lot more. And then check out our social media as well on Instagram. You'll see a lot more on there as well, which would be great. But everyone, thank you very much for listening. Kas, salam alaikum. Everyone take care. Thank you, salam. Uh, goodbye.